I want to talk to you today. This title is, But If Not, which, would you just look at your neighbor and just say that with a good attitude, But If Not. Wonderful. I think you'll catch a, a glimpse of what that means in just a few minutes. Uh, last week, we stopped the series, finished the series on disciplines. And uh, it's been a great series and really challenged me. I might be preaching something, but I'm always challenging, studying different things. And, and so we're going into a new series next weekend as we approach Resurrection Sunday, Easter weekend, and so forth and so on. There's going to be a mini-series of three different sessions going into Easter, and I, I just want to encourage everyone to begin to think about who you might would invite for that weekend. It's a great weekend for people to come and see their lives transformed by the power of God. They understand. They get a glimpse of what Jesus has done for them, how he died for their sins, took them to the cross, but he rose on what we celebrate Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, and the power that's involved with that. Sometimes all you need to do is say this to an individual. Hey, 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 come to church with me one time. Just one time. Say that with me. Come to church with me one time. You can do that, right? Because that might change their life for eternity. So this new series beginning next weekend, Lord willing, is going to lead into Resurrection Sunday and uh, hopefully will inspire you so that we can reach our city more and more and more. Today, I want to talk to you. This one kind of standalone sermon is what I would consider what I would consider a prophetic message. What do you mean by prophetic message, J.O.? It's simply this. What is the Spirit saying to the church right now? What is the Spirit saying to the church in the future. So I think some of the things I'm going to be covering this morning, it's a little bit, I, I warn you, it's a little bit radical, a little bit edgy, but I think it's what the Holy Spirit wants the church to be prepared for in the future. Can you feel that? Okay, so we're going to dive into it uh, along with the title, but if not, I want to talk to you about a new breed of Jesus followers. A new breed of of Jesus' followers, which is actually an old breed. But for some, I believe it's going to be a new breed of Jesus' followers. Along with that, we'll tie in this term, SMA tribe. I'll explain that in a few minutes. SMA tribe, a new breed of followers, but if not, you will find there was a time where the kingdom was, a, was split. There was a southern and there was a northern kingdom, kings of Israel and kings of Judah. In the midst of those two sets of during that time and around that time, there was like 40 or 42 kings. Out of those amount of kings, there was over 30 of them that was evil kings. I want to establish what evil looks like and what the Bible says good is. That, are you following me with that? So I want, to, I want to give you an example of one of the kings this morning that the Bible called evil. What would cause the Bible to call a king evil? It was simple. They did what was evil in the sight of God. Amen? You following that? They did, these, 
This one king out of over 30 that I'm going to read about did what was evil in the sight of God. Now, there is what I consider sin and making mistakes. And then there's another level, evil and wickedness. You following that? Okay. Sin, make a mistake. But then there's a place where an individual can go into the area of evil and wickedness. This king that I'm going to read about right now, I'm going to have you turn to your Bibles. He was considered evil, 2 Kings 21, 1 through 6. I want to read it. I hope you have your Bibles. Turn your Bibles to that. You're not going to be able to cheat on the Sky Bible behind me. You should always bring your Bibles. There, there is no excuse. You can put it on your iPhone, your iPad. You can carry leather, paper. You, there, I mean, there's about every form and fashion that you can carry. The most powerful word in the universe God's word, you can have it with you, okay? No condemnation that you don't, but I pray that the Holy Spirit would convict you, amen. <laughs> Second Kings 21, 1 through 6, here we go. Here's an evil king, you ready? Manasseh was 12 years old when he became king, and he reigned 55 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Hephzibah, and he did evil in the sight of the Lord. According to the abominations of the nations, abominations of the nations, whom the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel. This is some of the evil that the Bible, it's not me, it's what the Bible God calls evil. This is what some of the things he did. And I say yes to it, amen. For he rebuilt the high places which Hezekiah, his father, had destroyed. So you have a father. Hezekiah was known as a good king. Okay. There was only like eight kings that was considered good around 40 or 42 kings. Evil way outweighed the good king. Hezekiah was a good king. It didn't even go one generation. His son is now doing evil and he is rebuilding the high places that Hezekiah, his father, had destroyed. He raised up altars to Baal and made a wooden image as Ahab, king of Israel, had done. And he worshiped all the hosts of heaven and served them. He also built altars in the house of the Lord of which the Lord had said, in Jerusalem I will put my name. And he built altars for all the host of heaven in the two courts of the house of the Lord. He also made his son pass through the fire. What does that mean? He sacrificed his son demonically in fire. He practiced soothsaying. Fill me on this. Used witchcraft. Someone walked up to me between services and says, J.O., witchcraft and, 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 and uh, uh, what's, that, what's that, that, that crazy game, that not game, but he said, they said, Ouija board and witchcraft is rising in our area. You need to listen to this and you need to see what the Bible says about that. Use witchcraft and consulted spiritualists and mediums. 
He did much evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. If you're dabbling in any of this, I'd rather for you to get mad at me and walk out than me not to share truth with you that can destroy your life, that can open up a door for the enemy to wreak havoc in your life, and you somehow spend eternity in hell, which is a real place, okay? It's just a fact. It's the fact of the matter. So if you're dabbling in witchcraft or reading cards, sorcery, Ouija boards, witchcraft, soothsaying, uh, fortune-telling, palmry. If you're dabbling into that, I want to ex- uh, encourage you to do something. Stop it. <laughs> Completely right now. Stop it. I can't make you that, but you ought to hear me. If you want a word about your future... The God of the universe wants to speak to you. The one that knew you before you were in your mother's womb has a word for you. You can call 1-800-HEAVEN, not psychics, and you can get a word from his word that you can live your life by that will change your life. Are you feeling me today? If you're dabbling with this reader cards, any of that, I encourage you to stop it right now. Amen. I got that out of my system. He was not even the most wicked. There was another king named Ahab who topped him. This is a little bit of what the Bible says about Ahab, 1 Kings 21, 25. But there was no one like Ahab who sold himself to do wickedness in the sight of the Lord because Jezebel, his wife, stirred him up. So you have a king you got a dynamic duo, but it's demonic duo. Because they did evil to the nation of Israel in a huge way, causing many to stumble. And you should just read the stories of Ahab and you would catch a clue of how evil it was, how he sold himself to evil along with his wife. It was just terrible. Now, I want to give you an example of a good king. Okay, everyone say good king. Good king. There was only a few of them, but there's some good kings. The dude that I'm going to talk about right now is absolutely amazing. His name is Josiah. If you ever want to name your child after a, a wonderful dude in the Bible, name about three dudes after Josiah. This guy is something else. Listen to Josiah, 2 Chronicles 34, 1 through 7. There's a reason why I'm showing you what evil is and what good is according to God's word. We don't change God's word. I don't form God's word to coincide with my belief system. I can't customize my faith. Customize your car, customize your house, customize your carpet, your office, but not your faith. My faith must co- align with God's word. Are you feeling me? Okay, that's for free. Second Chronicles 24, 1 through 7. 
good king. Josiah was eight years old when he became king, and he reigned 31 years in Jerusalem. He did what was right in the sight of the Lord, and look, walked in the ways of his father David. He did not turn aside to the right or to the left. That brother stayed on the skinny. For in eight years of the reign, while he was still young, he began to seek, look, look, he, he began to seek the God of the father David. And in the 12th year, he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem of high places and wooden images, the carved images and the molded images. I mean, purge. Somebody say purge with me. I love that. And he broke down the altars of bells. In his presence and the incense altars which above them he cut down and the wooden images, the carved images and the golden images he broke in pieces. Look, look. And he made dust. <laughs> Let's take it to another level. We're just not going to break it down. We're going to, he, he, he made dust of them and scattered it on the graves of those who sacrificed to them. Bad to the bone. Bad. Bad, bad, bad to the bone. And he also burnt the bones of the priest on their altars <laughs> and cleansed Judah and Jerusalem. He also did in the cities of Manasseh, Ephraim, Simeon, and Naphtila, Tilly, and all around with axes. Let's just give me my axe. We're going, man, I'm not cutting down logs. I'm cutting down altars. I'm cutting down wooden images. I'm taking out bell altars. I'm taking out those who, who sacrifice to demonic gods. Pay, just give me my axe. When he had broken down the altars of the wooden images and beat the carved images into powder. <sighs> and cut it down all the incense altars throughout all the land of Israel. He returned to Jerusalem. Somebody say, somebody should say, you go Josiah. <laughs> Man, if you're a Jesus follower, you just got to love this dude. Radical obedience all in not just part way in not just half-hearted man i'm all in we're gonna purge this place we're gonna pull down strong we're gonna cut down wooden images we're gonna break down the altars of bell we're gonna be all in sold out bought in all in did i say all in all in yeah. all in Evil was pursuing other gods, pagans, gods, witchcraft, sacrificing sons and fire, bowing down to golden images and on and on. Good was fear God, removing stumbling blocks, removing false gods. How many know that God is a jealous God? God does, want, does not want you in bed with any other little G God. Come on now. Say that. Say that in church. You are his bride. I will. You are his bride. <laughs> you are his bride, and he doesn't want you committing adultery with bells and with wooden images and false gods and all. He is an affection. He has an affection for you. He has a passion for you. He wants a relationship with you, and he's, velish, he's very jealous. You don't spit in the wind, take the, the mask off the long ranger, and you don't commit adultery with God. Amen. Amen. He's jealous. Jesus wants to be number one in your life, not two. 
Not on Sunday and a little bit of something, something else during the week. He wants you to be, he wants to be number one in your, not, not second, not 11th and not 22nd. He wants to be number one and he wants to be the center of all of your life. Jesus be the center of it all. Jesus be the center of it all. Don't sing that and he's somewhere in left field in your life. Come on. He wants to be the center and he wants to be number uno, baby o, one e o. Are you getting it all? All in, new breed, new breed, all in. Number one, SMA tribe, I'll get to that. Christianity is, it's not about bettering your life, it's about absolutely radically changing your life. It's not a self-help system, it's actually a die-to-self system. It's not a quick, rich scheme. It's sowing and reaping and giving and generosity. Actually, Christianity is absolutely upside down of the world. Upside down of the world. Jesus didn't come to make you better. Jesus come to radically give you a brand new life, a new person in Jesus Christ. Let me show you scriptures to back this so you don't think, oh, just Pastor Jail, he's just radical, bald-headed, crazy dude. <laughs> Let me just read Red, code red, number one, verses of conviction. Now, there's many of them. Listen to this. Matthew 10, 37 through 39. He who loves father or mother more than me, capital M, Jesus, is not worthy of me. Pretty convicting. Doesn't say not to love your mother and your dad. That's a beautiful commandment to love your, your mother, your dad, honor them. But... You don't love them more than you love Jesus. It's kind of hard to swallow sometimes, but it's a fact. You actually, listen, your mom and dad is doing great if they're encouraging you to love Jesus more than them. That's a good thing. Let me read on. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Now, Love your son and daughter, just love Jesus more. Are you following that? And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. Radical. He who finds his life will lose it, and he who loses his life for my sake will find it. Are you feeling that scripture today? I don't even view Christianity as safe. If you join Jesus to be safe, I got news for you. You need to read the history books and you need to read your Bible. Saved? Absolutely. Does he love you? More than anything. Did he die for you? You better believe it. Does he have a plan for your life? Absolutely. Safe? According to our definition of safe? Maybe not always. This is why I wanted to preach this today because I think the gospel has to be cross-culture for every nation. And there's things that's happening in other nations that's not really happening in America. But I believe one day, I'm not, I, if you've been around here, you know I'm not a doomsday preacher. That's just not how I row. I wrap every sermon by the Holy Spirit in hope. But I want to tell you, that I just was watching some videos this week, YouTube videos of those who are Christian believers today that are 
I saw this pastor, I think it was in India, just getting the snot beat out of him just because he served Jesus. People being martyred and people being beat up. I didn't see anyone martyred on the video, but I sure saw people. I mean, it was very, very, very emotionally challenging for me to watch these, my brothers and sisters throughout the world going through what they're going through, and all of a sudden, you know what, uh, I better not go to church today because there might be an inch of snow on the ground. I don't know. I'm just saying, no, no condemnation. <laughs> Peter, crucified upside down. Why would you use him, J.O.? Because he was the number one disciple of Jesus Christ. Number one, anytime you see any listings of disciples, if it's one or two or three or 12, Peter is always number one, crucified upside down. Joan of Arc burned at the stake a horrendous death, and probably one of the reasons why she was burned at the stake is because she refused to recant her faith. Stephen, what an amazing guy in Acts stoned to death, and we're not talking about Washington weed. <laughs> we're talking about stones. Jesus explained himself that he was going to be killed, and this dude named Peter wasn't getting it. By the way, John, John was boiled to death, but it didn't work. How would you like that? You boiled me to death, but you didn't. Wow, what does that feel like? And so you, we didn't kill you boiling you to death, so we're going to put you on an island by yourself, Patmos, and you're just going to be in exile. Safe? I don't know if we can always call safe. Can we trust God? Oh, yeah, because he is good, good. Oh, he is good. He's good all the time. Okay, absolutely. Jesus is having this conversation with Peter, and Peter wasn't totally getting it, and Jesus has explained to him that he's going to die. And let me just read it just for a minute, Matthew 16, 20 through 22 through 23. Then Peter, and I, I understand that some of this message today might just get in there and irritate you a little bit. But you know, sometimes I'm going to come like John the Baptist and preach something prophetically that I believe that if you have ears to hear, we can be prepared for the future and get you out of witchcraft right now. Amen? Okay. If you're not in dabbling in witchcraft, guess what? I'm not even talking to you. Praise the Lord. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. What do you think about that? I'm going to uh, take God aside and I'm just going to begin to rebuke you. I think, I always said this, I think Peter's mouth was shaped like his foot. <laughs> what that brother did. Saying, far be it for you, Lord, this, is, this shall not happen to you. But see, Peter had a wrong mindset. Peter had a selfish mindset. Peter had a manly, humanistic mindset. But he turned and said to Peter, his number one disciple, Get behind me, Satan. <laughs> wow. Just throat punch. 
You are an offense to me. That offense is trap. You're a trap to me, Peter. You, you're trying to trap the purposes of God. You're trapping what I came to earth to do. I come to set the captive free. I come to forgive sin. I come to die for all. You're trying to trap. Get behind me, Satan. For you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Are you mindful of the things of God or just men? Are you mindful of the things of God or of man? Paul, I believe, was mindful of the things of God. He said in Philippians 1.22, he said this, for me to live, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Paul, I think, realized that <laughs> It's not all peachy hunkadora and just like, hey, you know, it's not always going to be safe at times. Are you mindful of the things of God or man? Jesus said this to his disciples, code red, listen to this, Mark 13, 9 through 11. I, I would think if Jesus said this, that we need to take heed because this could happen to you and I one day, and it probably is happening already throughout the world. But watch for yourself, for they will deliver you up to councils, and you will be beaten, look at that, in synagogues. You will be brought before rulers of kings for my sake, for a testimony to them, and the gospel must be preached, must first be preached to all the nations. You know what's going to be cool when we get the gospel preached to all the nations? You know what's going to take place? Jesus is going to come back. How cool is that? But when they arrest you and deliver you up, do not worry beforehand or premeditate what you will speak. Listen to this real close. But whatever is given you in that hour, speak that. For it is not you who speak, but holy, the Holy Spirit. What's that tell me? Even if you go through persecution one day, even if someone looks at you and says either deny Jesus or die, God, the Holy Spirit, is going to be with you right in that moment. He's your comforter. He's your counselor. He's going to tell you exactly what to say. You're the temple of the Holy Spirit. And even in the midst of pain, even in the midst of maybe suffering, you can know that the Holy Spirit is going to be with you. Over 2.4 billion followers of Jesus in the world today. 2.4 billion. That's 33% of the population of the world. Jesus' followers are the largest belief system. Christianity is the largest religion in the world. So I, I, I did some research, and you might find, and I, I encourage you to do it. You might find some research that's different from this. But some of the things that I found, I, I encourage you to do it. I just wanted to find out how many martyrs are martyred a year or what's, what's taken place with believers. Because you don't see it in America, but in other parts of the world, it really happens. Let me show you some of the, the uh, information that I found. Fox News reported that nearly one million martyred for their faith, about 900,000 people martyred for their faith in a decade, okay? 
What's a little bit liberal about that number is about 30% of that has to do with terrorism and 70% has to do with uh, tribal conflicts. So was it absolutely because they would not deny Jesus that they died because of their faith? Well, that could look a little different, okay? To go with that, just to kind of give you an example, I found another uh, uh, piece of information. This is from BBC News. It says, credible research has reached the shocking conclusion that every year an estimate of more than 100,000 Christians are killed because of some relationship to their faith. Vatican spokesman, Archbishop Silvano Tomasi, uh, I guess, said this. And I just thought, Wow, you know, both of those equaled to really close to the same, even though it could be broad why they died. Here's my point. People are dying for their faith, martyrs for their faith in other parts of the world. Why do I consider this prophetic? Because I think maybe our generation, if you look at the signs of the times, I think our generation, we could possibly in America be faced with some very, very difficult decisions that we might have to make. That's what I mean by saying this today. Christian Today reports 70 million Christian martyrs for their faith since Jesus walked on earth. Wow. J.O., you sure did bring an exciting, hope-filled, loving sermon today. I can see it on your face. You know, there is hope in this. There is great victory in this. Because if you're born again, guess what? No matter what you're faced with, when we pass on, you're going to live for eternity in heaven. Now, we're only here on earth for a very, very, very short time. Eternity is very, 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 very long. And you know what? I want to be committed to take as many people with me into heaven as I possibly can. We want to make it hard for people to go to hell in Coeur d'Alene, in this surrounding area, hopefully in San Pedro Sula. Honduras, hopefully in Arizona and other parts of the world, we want to make it hard for people to go to hell. There's great victory. There's great hope in this message because you and I, we have a message that we need to share. And by the way, that message already lives inside you. The kingdom of God lives inside of you. They thought they were going to bring Jesus. We want you to set up kingdom right here. And he didn't set up a kingdom like robes and crowns. No, no. The kingdom of God lives inside of you. It's not food and drink, but it's, 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 it's peace and joy in the Holy Spirit, this invisible kingdom that resonates and lives inside of each one of us. Come on. We got great hope. Listen to the scripture, Revelations 12, 11. It says, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. How many of you are excited about the blood of the lamb? Because of Jesus Christ, he washes us, makes us whiter than snow. The blood of the lamb, look, look, look at this. And it says, and by the word of their testimony, everyone in here, you have a wonderful testimony that, you know what, nobody can take it away from you. Nobody can take it, man, through your testimony. And, and here's the key, the key of hope that I speak towards the scripture or this, this sermon today. Look, and they did not love their lives to the death. 
Now that's where the real freedom is right there that we can let that go. I think one day we may face that in America. Look at Acts 1.8. Acts 1.8. It says this, a very popular scripture. It says this, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses. Would you say that word with me, witnesses? witnesses. Say it real loud, witnesses. witnesses. I'm going to get right back to that. To me, in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Now, witnesses. You know what that word witnesses is in the Greek? Martyrs. That's how it's read. You shall be martyrs for me in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Safe? SMA tribe. What do you mean SMA tribe and a new breed? A new breed that's an old breed. Here we go. Daniel 3.1. SMA, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Nebuchadnezzar, the king, made an image of gold whose height was 60 cubits, 90 feet. And it's with six cubits, nine feet, 90 by nine. He set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Let me tell you what the word Babylon, Babel, means. Confusion. By mixing. Confusion by mixing. How many people might be confused in the church by the, they, by the things that they see in the church because of the confusion by mixing? Let me, let, me, let, me, let me ask you this question. How many people in the world look at those in the church and because of the mixing, how many people have confusion by mixing? How many people look at the Babel or the Babylonian in the church and it really impacts them going, I'm confused because of the mixture that's in the church. They say this, but they live this way. They say this, this comes out of their mouth, but they live this way. Confusion by mixture. Let me give you an example. I think of confusion by mixture. You take a person who's walking in purity. Blessed are those who are pure in heart, for they will see God. They're walking in purity, but all of a sudden they're doing porn. Purity and porn, that's mixing by confusion. You, you, you following that? No longer is it pure, it's perverted. You, you, you got that. You, you're real quiet this morning. Come on. Come on. All, you, got a, you got a wonderful marriage going on, and all of a sudden, adultery comes into the marriage. Uh, well, it's, it's confusion by, by mixture. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me spell it out like this. You make a big, huge pan of moist brownies. Deep chocolate chips in it. Melty, moist. And you just, they just... They, just amazing, but you take dog turds and you dry ones and you grind it as a powder across the top of them. Just, 
Jesse, can I give you, offer you some moist brownies, bro? You won't even taste those dried dog turds. You don't want to eat that, right? Because of mixture. It's confusing. God wants to pull Babylon out of the church so that the world, they see, they see a beautiful, spotless bride not sleeping around with other gods. Come on. Here's the deal. So he made that idol. This is what he asked everyone to do. So at the time when all the peoples heard the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and symphony, all kinds of music, and all the people, nations and language fell down and worshiped the gold image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. All of his leaders came, administrators, all the leaders of the land, all of it. It's just, okay, when you hear the music, bow down to the golden image. Now, they already had a nation full of gods, little g-gods. That's not enough. Let's add a ridiculous golden image in there too. And when you hear it, let's all bow down to this man-made ridiculous uh, uh, golden image. Well, the king was informed that there was a tribe. There was three dudes. They were from another country. There were leaders in this country, but these three guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, they wasn't from Babylon. They didn't put up with Babel. They didn't put up with mixture and confusion, and they wouldn't bow. The king heard about this, and he went postal. This was his response. The Nebuchadnezzar, in rage and fury, gave the command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego so that they brought these men before the king. Remember, if you haven't read it, anyone that wouldn't bow would be thrown into a fiery furnace. So they brought the men before the king Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image which I've set up? (laughs) I love these three dudes, kind of like Josiah. You say, well, J-O-E, that's, you know, in America, it's... Barbaric, we would never have a 90 foot golden image and nine by gods. No, I think we would have way worse and a whole lot more sexual addiction and sexual confusion and opiate addiction and all kinds of uh, terrible uh, health drug addictions and materialism and I don't even know if this is an addiction but it seems like social media addiction and and abortion throughout the land and marriage collapsings everywhere and love of money and love of stuff and even education and even sports sometimes anything could almost be an idol or a little g-god are you feeling me do you agree with that? I'm glad you do because there is no vote, but it is a fact. It, when we're honest with ourselves, it's a fact. I believe God is raising up a new breed of followers, a tribe of SMA. The king is ticked, and he threatens Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in verse 15. He says this. But if you do not worship 
you shall be cast immediately in the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God, little g, who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? Nebuchadnezzar thinks he's pretty bad. I love Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's response. This is three beautiful, beautiful scriptures, 16 through 18. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. He goes on to say, if that is the case, our God, big G, who we serve is the able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he capital h will deliver us from your hand O king title of the sermon but if not but if not see we know the end of the story but they didn't know the end of the story this is so amazing. These three young dudes, man. They're like, we ain't no Babylonian. We ain't got no Babel in us. We don't got no mixture in us. We serve one true God. We will not bow to your gods. We will not bow to your 90 foot by 90 crazy idol. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods nor will we worship the gold image which you've set up. Their faith did not keep them out of the fire. Sisters and brothers, you can have great faith, great faith, but it doesn't guarantee you safety all the time. Great faith doesn't mean that you're not going to go through things. But let me tell you what their faith did do. Their faith caused someone to meet them in the fire. Their faith caused them not to even have singed eyebrows. Their faith caused them not to even smell like smoke. Their faith caused them not to even have garments that was burned. Their faith caused them the things that only bound them is what the fire touched and burned off of them. Their faith called out upon the God of Israel. He met them in the fire and he saved their life from death and destruction. He didn't save them out of the fire but he saved them in the fire. The king says this, look, <laughs> look, he answered, I see four men loosed, walk, oh, he, he wants to loose your life today. He wants to loose your life of a day. He wants to loose your life of chains and bondages and wrong mindsets. Look what he said, I see four men loose. Walking in the midst of the fire, look at your neighbor and say, the fourth be with you. <laughs> and they're not hurt. They're not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. <laughs> John 5, 4. 1 John 5, 4. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world and this is the victory that overcomes the world our faith Daniel Daniel hey man we know you pray and we don't like it 
So we're going to go to the king. We're going to make sure that you stop your little prayers. Hey, king, we think that you should stop all praying to anybody but you in the next 30 days. Okay, sounds good to me. Sign the law. <laughs> Daniel can't pray no more. Daniel hears about the signing of the law, and he begins to, oh, I'm so scared. I'm so scared. I can't pray no more. No. You know what he did? Oh, they signed a law that I can't pray? Oh, okay, I'm going up to my room and I'm going to pray just like I've always prayed three times a day. I'm going to pray. And they busted him. And they threw him in the lion's den. His faith didn't keep him out of the lion's den, but his faith sure did shut the mouth of the lions. His faith and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's faith began to change a nation and the area. I tell you what, I think some of the bylaws was changed and the constitution was changed. Come on, because of their faith. Where is the spirit of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Where is the faith of Daniel? Where is the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? I think he's in our church, and he wants to reside in your life, and he's raising up a generation. He's raising up a generation of those who no more mixture, no more dry turds on my brownies. <laughs> Purity, holiness, come on, ones that will not bow. March 4th, March 4th. Oh, you, come on, come on, Dalen. March 4th, March 4th. Come on, come on, Mary. March 4th, March 4th. Do you know this is the weekend that we moved into this building two years ago? Somebody, March 4th. Huh? Huh? Come on, Roger. Come on. Two years ago, Roger. Come on. This is my challenge to you today. Don't be peered pressured. If you're here and you say, J.O., by the grace of God, if I'm faced in any of those situations, I don't ever want to bow. By the grace of God, I never want to deny my faith and belief in you. I don't know what it's going to be like in the future, J.O., really honestly, to the Lord. But I never, I want the spirit of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego upon my life, the spirit of Daniel. I never want to bow or deny my faith and my love for you. If that's you today, this is the altar call. If that's you, would you stand with me right where you are? If it's not you, please don't stand. But if it's you, if you're saying, I'm standing, I'm standing by your grace, God, I always want to absolutely stand up for my God, my King, my Lord. I don't know what it may be like in the future, but I want to stand. I want that spirit, that SMA, a new breed. That will deny, will not deny Jesus Christ in the schools, middle schools, in the universities, at work, or if I'm in a foreign country, whatever I may be faced with. Amen.